of Yahweh, this opportunity that you provide, you've given to me to be able to be sharing your truth, knowledge, and wisdom to any that have an ear, letting them hear me, listening to the message, and going to your written word, Father God, and seeking after your face. Seeking to find you, Father. So in my reading from earlier and sharing and finding this, I I am I'm compelled by good reasoning from the Holy Spirit that I should share this with you. It's important, especially um, especially now, the way things are in our culture and our society and um, the manner in which we treat one another, the manner in which we think that everything is all about me, 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 and it shouldn't be that way, but in so many respects it is. And I'm just going to share and point out, and we can, you'll hear me share with you, and then hopefully you will go to the written word, the Bible, and seek the scriptures and seek that truth. Remember, I only give you the truth. I'm not going to make things up. I'm not going to try to uh, put myself to be on a higher plane of existence than where I belong. The Lord has given me this opportunity. He's provided me the uh, podcast. I mean, this is, I've shared with some of you. Some of you may just be tuning in and not have heard it before, but I used to have my name attached to this. Um, and came to realize and believe that that was very arrogant because this is not my podcast. I thought that it would be good. It was advised to me to be that I should do this because uh, I actually had an elder tell me that I uh, essentially tell me that I had too much biblical knowledge and that... um, I should probably think to leave, <laughs> which is so, I, I, I'm blown away, but I don't want to be get self-righteous indignation. But I mean, I'm seeing and understanding this and I actually just rebuke that because it wasn't that person speaking, but telling me that I should probably think about podcasting because I like to talk about the word of God and I like to talk about God so much. And essentially telling me that No, I'm not even going to go that way. I'm going to stay right here. Um, So I listened to what the person was saying and was accepting. But truthfully, not at first. It was uh, with self-righteous indignation, which depending on how individuals will come or approach, I mean, it's quite easy to become that way. Uh, because they have no, although they like to claim and be 
as if they have that sort of knowledge and they put that out, but they don't really know how. Um, they haven't had so much of that experience and that's okay. That's okay because practice does indeed make perfect. And it does. And one day we'll have perfection when we get home. Not here, but one day. So I took the advice and, and came to look for all this podcasting stuff. And it was going to cost many, many thousands of dollars to even get started. And then they were talking about special equipment, special microphones, getting... Um, uh, connecting with producer, editors, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And I was praying about it, and I, I couldn't find anything that was going to be less than several thousand dollars to get started, or the bare minimum was going to be just under two thousand dollars. And then, um, that was, and then the, the, the statement was made plus equipment, plus this and this, and plus this, and plus this, and plus that. So basically that amount was a, a base price. So I prayed about it and I had to open my hands. When you pray, you have to open your hands because when you don't let go and you hold on to the things that you're praying about, you tend to get repetitious with God and you go back to him for the same thing over and over and over again. So I had to open my hands and let go and let God take control, and I just told him, I said, Father, if you think this is something that I should do, and you condone this, and you think that I can get to more people and share your truth with more people, then you need to make it happen, Father, because I, I, I can't see it. I don't, I don't see it. So a short while later, I going through and I'm on the same computer page and I know that it is because I see everything listed that was there previously and it was just a listing of all except there was one item that was different and this logo I noticed and I went to it and it was a platform called Anchor hence the title of this, and it will stay this way. It doesn't matter who. Now they've got all sorts of different uh, folks that are doing this, I guess. So you got uh, different people that are involved, different uh, servers of platforms. Uh, you got um, Spotify, then you've got uh, somebody, and now there's somebody else getting involved with all this stuff, and I'm not sure what's going to happen with this, so I'll just keep praying about it. If God continues believing that this is what I should be doing and for me to do, then it'll happen. I'm not going to worry about it. But at any rate, it was called Anchor. So out of curiosity, I clicked on there and I went to this Anchor and it was all totally free. Everything was free. I could do it free and I didn't need special equipment I didn't need anything specially done that I could do it and basically do all my own production and my editing and and with the tools that they provided, I could do trimming, cutting, 
presentation. I could do artwork and I could do all sorts of things. I can even, somewhere along the line, I could add music to it, put background music on there, but this is a haven of truth anchored in his word. So it all fit. Plus the logo was purple, which is the color of royalty. And it was a golden rope, which is reminding me that my anchor is the Lord. And my anchor rope is attached to him. And if I start to drift that I could grab that anchor rope and pull myself, which then takes me in through the scriptures and brings me to my Lord. So that's a story of the podcasting, but here's this thing. Keep in mind that his boundless resources are beyond our limited thought, beyond our imaginings. And thankfully our Lord is so much more than our limited Thoughts and much more. And can you uh, just think about it a minute? If our Lord God, our Heavenly Father, our good, good Father, if He had to keep tabs on His resources as we do, and I'm going to let you stew on that thought for just a moment. If our Father God had to keep tabs on his resources as we do. Think about it. Allow your imagination to wander a bit and take you on a little adventure and let you travel through thought a tad. If he were keeping tabs, there would be limited healing, limited forgiveness, and he would indeed be keeping a tally, having a little tote board up there on how many times we came to ask forgiveness. Remember, he doesn't count that. He doesn't, he doesn't ask. He doesn't wag his finger. But think, if he was keeping tabs the way we do, he would indeed be standing up there when you came to ask him for forgiveness. He would indeed be standing there with one hand on his hip and he'd be wagging his finger at you. And he would definitely be scowling. And then, of course, in his very powerful God voice, and he wouldn't be speaking as a loving father, probably. He'd probably be saying something like, what, again, here for forgiveness? For the same thing you were just here Yesterday for? My goodness gracious. But see, here's the thing too. Understand this. This is exactly how Satan wants us to perceive our Heavenly Father. 
He wants us to perceive that he is that way. He wants us to perceive that he is um, that he is counting. But here's the thing: he's lying. Also, remember, Satan is a liar. That is a pseudonym, liar. That's one of his other names, along with fear, false evidence appearing real. He wants you to believe that God keeps count. God doesn't keep count. You come to God and you ask forgiveness. God will hug you, embrace you, and say, yes, I love you. But Satan wants you to be bound up. He wants our thoughts to be with our finite thoughts and our temporal reasoning. And thank my Lord in heaven above that my faith that takes me beyond that, he's given me the opportunity to pray for each of you to be able to do that, to, be, to, to have prayer for everyone and everything. There are some things going on church-wide and through my class, and I simply because of where I'm at in life now, I can't make it to their excursion. But what I get to do, which is really awesome, is I get to use our prayer room. I get to be in my prayer closet, and I have things already on my prayer shelf that are for my classmates that are going to be away. Brothers and sisters, it's an opportunity that I have to be about God's will anyway. Might not be making that physical journey, but my God has things that I can do. He gives me the opportunity to pray for for you all. He gives me the opportunity to share his truth, his knowledge and wisdom. And that's just a portion of his limitless resources. And we can find David's exaltation of this. We go to 1 Chronicles 29. This is pretty powerful up here in David's Chronicles. 29, 11 through 13. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. That's a pretty powerful exaltation there and reminding us that all things come from God with intention and purpose. We, on the other hand, decide that 
if we don't have it or get it, then it's all about poor, poor, pitiful me. And not about our all-knowing, seeing, powerful Lord God, knowing what's best for us. And we don't realize that just maybe he's not allowing it now because something better is in store, but we don't see it that way. It's all about poor, poor, pitiful me. God doesn't love me. I'm going to go eat worms. I didn't get it when I asked for it. I prayed for it and I didn't get it in five minutes. So God doesn't love me. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Remember, God's time clock doesn't work on our in our time zone. In this plane of existence, we have Western, Central, Mountain, Eastern. And then, of course, you have uh, polar time zones, equatorial time zones. You have all these different time zones that, that are around the globe, none of which apply to God. God doesn't function in any of those time zones. God functioned on his time zone. This is when Christ tells us, everybody's asking, well, when's this going to happen? When are you coming back? When, 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 when? And it kind of reminds me of Peter. Um, I was sharing today with a brother that Peter reminds me kind of, if you go through some of the scriptures, he reminds me of the kid in the back seat. Are we there yet? We there yet? We there yet? How soon is soon? When is soon? When are we going to see? And reminded that God, again, his time zone is not anything about ours. It doesn't apply. A thousand years is as a day. A day is as a thousand years. It doesn't function the way ours does. So tapping your watch and stomp, tapping your toes, when you pray to God and then you sit there and you give him 15 seconds and you didn't hear an answer, so then you get up and you leave. Wow. I've shared this with you before. I should go back and find the specific scriptures where they are and give you those numbers again. But in the book of Psalms that David penned, there are, I believe, 15 just examples that I gave you rather quickly where it tells us to wait on the Lord, be silent and wait on the Lord, be still and wait on the Lord. And yet, there are so many of us that just can't do that. You can't sit still. You're like those antsy kids. We there yet? We there yet? We there yet? When's it happening? When's it happening? You're going to give it to me? You're going to give it to me? You're going to give it to me? Oh, goodness gracious. You can't just spend time with God. You have to be able and be willing to do that. You have to be able and willing to do that. And this is what I'm sharing about. All things come from God with intent and purpose. And it's not all about poor, poor, pitiful you because Abba Yahweh, he's our good, good father. He's our heavenly father. Remember, I shared several words with you before, some time ago, and some of you may not have heard them, so I'll share them again. You have omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. 
all beginning with O-M-N-I, omniscient, all-knowing. Omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, always with us, always with us, no matter where we go. David shares with us in, uh, I believe it's in Psalm 129. I'm going to flip over there right quick. Bear with me, please. I got to go over there and make sure I'm sharing with you the right scripture. I don't want to give you false information. That would make me untruthful. I don't want that to happen. So, we are or what I'm attempting to find and point out to you is that David shares with us that no matter where we go, ah, there's my side note for it. It is Psalm 139, and this is about the omnipresence of Hashem, Lord thy God. And David talks about us and this is in Psalm 139, so please read Psalm 139, 1 through 14. It doesn't matter where we go. God is there. And what he's talking about is not necessarily the physical location. These things that David is sharing with us in his poem is our emotional ups and downs. We have to understand that and you've heard people say that, uh, oh man, work was just hell today. I was, it was, I was just in hell all day today. And God is there. Indeed, God is there. And you're so happy, you're elated, your grandchild was just born, your child was just born, uh, you just got married, whatever, so many things. And you're really, really happy, so you're on top of this mountaintop. And then you lose a very close, dear loved one and you're in a deep valley. You're in grief, you're sorrowful and you're, you're just, and, and God is there. All these emotions that we have that encompass our lives, where do you think that they came from? Do you think that they just happened when you got born? Don't take your life for granted, please. Please don't take your life for granted and just think that it happens. God is the designer, the maker, the author, the finisher, the creator of all things, the maker of all things made, Abba Yahweh. And he promises to be with us in those highs, those lows and the medians and the dark places he goes. And he, the my God, he comes into the darkest place and he brings light with him that is so powerful that the demons and the minions of hell and the devil himself flee from that light. And this is what David's talking about in Psalm 139. The way he writes it, it, it seems like a physical location. He talks about the mountaintops and his bed in shale, which is Hebrew word for hell. 
You talk about the bird flying across the sea. Distance and flee. It, there's nowhere you, that you can go that God isn't with you. He is indeed omnipresent. So Psalm 139 is another very important scripture. God provides all things, everything, always, and he loves us. He is our good, good father, our heavenly father. And remember, David was making that exaltation in First Chronicles, talking about all the things that come from God. And keep in mind that maybe you don't get it now because God knows that something better he's got in store for you. You just can't see it. And that's because God protects us from going too far out in the future. Keep this in mind, that God bestowed a gift on us, but we have a tendency to darken it or allow it to become dark because we try to go too far out in the future and take control. And this is why I mention as often as I do the self-help gurus, because they try to convince us that we have it under control. So there's several places that God doesn't want us to go. He's given us the, the ability to for forethought. And if we do so to help ourselves stay out of a difficult situation or a problem that we may be driving to and uh, maybe we have to take it and we pray about it and the Holy Spirit takes us on a detour that's okay but what generally happens the sad part is that folks tend to fill up their day planner weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks in advance and I get people come and ask me, you know, to, to plan at the end of the week. Well, I'm, I, can you do this? Can you be there? Can you do this? Can you do that? Well, my pet answer has become, and I stand by it often, is Lord willing, I will. Lord willing, it'll happen. And it has to be according to his will because if he's got something else planned that's much which, of course, is much more important always than I'm going to go do that. And he might have whatever that other change. So I have to be able to function that way. I have to be able to make the adjustments. So my answer has to be Lord willing. It doesn't matter what it is or who asks. They might seem like an important person to somebody else, but my answer is going to be, Lord willing, I will. Lord willing, it'll happen. Lord willing, I'll give you a yes. And really what that amounts to is a great big maybe. <laughs> it ought to, because, you know, I have to be that way. So God could alter and adjust things. And we have to be willing to, for that happening, to be able to adjust that. We have to be able to do that.
And it is in that way that we can deal with what the Lord has got us involved in. It's his will. It is by his will. And he provides so much for us and gives us so much. And we have to be understanding that that is our good, good father. And it isn't all about the poor, poor, pitiful me thing that we get so caught up in oftentimes, which is actually pretty sad. The poor, poor, pitiful me. Not the good, good father that sees that this is better that I don't have it now and he's taking care of me. Thank you, Father. No, it's poor, poor, pitiful me. Paul's letter to the church of Philippi is very, very important. And we go to Philippians 4 and... I want to share with you Philippians 4 through 23. It's an important read, and Paul is teaching the church at Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. What that translates to, another way of saying, don't be anxious. Don't be so caring. Don't don't fill your day planner up and, and get all these things written in there. This is that this is what I was telling you about, that God gave us this gift, but we have we have diminished it and darkened it by filling up day planners with so many things planned out in the future, so far out ahead that we well, or if we don't write it down, we forget about it. And then the person calls you at the end of the day and says, um, hey, where were you at such and such? Well, what do you mean? You forgot, didn't you? Was that today? Oh, yes, I did. Well, I really could have used your help. And, and unfortunately, it wasn't able to get done because you weren't there. But, you know, I, I know you got things you got busy doing. So anyway, I'll talk to you later. And then they don't talk to you later. <laughs> they don't talk to you for a while because they're caught up in being self-righteous indignation because he left them hanging. So all sorts of things come about with too much planning too far out. Don't darken it. Don't be so careful. Don't be anxious about it. Further reading verse six. But in everything be prayer... Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Part of your Abbasides coming. <coughs> Pardon me. Further reading in verse seven. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. It passes all understanding understanding. Our finite mind can't comprehend it. We can't figure it out. So stop trying. Everything in our mindset is temporal. 
We have a time that we try to look at. We tap our watch. We get our toe tapping because we can't wait for God to do what? You wouldn't even be in existence if it wasn't for God. And so many tend to forget this. I'm going to take the time and I'm going to mention it now. If God just snapped his finger, you would not exist. By the grace of God, he gives you breath in your lung. By the mercy of our Lord God Almighty, he allows you to keep breathing and use that to keep you moving throughout the day, the month, the weeks, whatever, and keeps you going. Please don't take these things for granted. Our Lord God in heaven above, all things. Further, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Now, to some, and quite honestly, when I was younger and I was reading some of these things, writings that Paul wrote, I was thinking, what an arrogant guy he is. Of course, back in those days, I would have called him an SOB, which is, you know, I was talking the talk, but I wasn't walking a walk, and, and I thought these things of Paul. But Paul's not being arrogant at all. Paul is just being factual and truthful. Just like I tell you, some of you might think that I sound arrogant. Well, I, I don't care, honestly, because I know that I'm sharing truth and knowledge and wisdom that God has imparted to me to be able to share. And I'm going to share it, and the Holy Spirit allows me to share it the way I do. And, and I do. I know I might not be as eloquent a speaker as some of these PhD holders and all this stuff like to remind everybody they are, but that I don't care about either. I have a degree from HSU. My, my chancellor for the university is my Lord God Almighty. My vice chancellor is the only begotten son of God who came incidentally and died for me on the cross. And then my guidance counselor is the Holy Spirit. So they all, and he operates the university and he's given me a degree. He's also given me a diplomatic visa. I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. So that's all that matters to me. So whatever anybody else tries to put on by earthly validation, I don't care. Further reading verse 10. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye also were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And then we're going to jump over. I could read the whole thing. I would like you to read the entire chapter, but I'm going to jump over to verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. 
Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Goodness gracious, that sounds just like what David said in First Chronicles, the Old Testament. Now we take a fast flip and we're going to go back over to First Chronicles because that is exactly indeed what David was talking about and talking about all those things that God gives and provides. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted above all else. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou righteous over righteous, and thou reignest over all, and in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Now, some 1,000 years before Paul's life, David is writing about this in the book of Chronicles. And Paul is sharing the same thing. Understand, this is telling us that because of God's grace of bestowing on us, we give him thanks. And that tells us there in, in verse thing, it's got that word, uh, therefore. Now, therefore, because his grace and his bounty and his goodness and his mercies and all these things that, that give, that we must, we just thank you, Father. You are great and great is your grace and grace is free. Our salvation was free by his grace. It isn't anything that you did. You didn't earn your salvation. Come on. And then Pharisees, they think that, you know, Lord Jesus was supposed to come as king. Well, they were talking about uh, the word of the prophets and they didn't even study the word of the prophets. If they would have studied the word of the prophets, they would have known that he would have been coming humbly. The word of the prophets talked about his humble birth, his humble beginning. I would have talked about his entering into Jerusalem, but they were looking for the king of the Jews to come with an entourage of shiny bronze breastplates and shields and spears to drive the Romans out. That's what they were looking for as their Messiah. But if they had been reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures as they so often claim to do, the truth would have been right in front of their face. But there's an old adage saying they couldn't see the forest for the trees. What does that mean? That means because they had their nose planted right against the tree, they couldn't see the forest. They couldn't see the big picture. They couldn't see everything because they were so narrow-minded and they had their face right against it. Their declaration was knowing all the scriptures and knowing all the scrolls. And they tried to throw that at Jesus and throw it in his face all the time. Of course, not realizing that the truth and all the word of God was standing right there with them. And... 
John tells us that in John 1.1. 1, 1. But they didn't even read the word of the prophets, which were telling us how he was going to appear. Humbly, he was going to come into the city on the, the colt of an ass. He was riding on the colt. He didn't even ride, ride on the mare. He was riding the colt. How humble must one get before you realize that, oh, he's humble. Everything about our Lord was trying to demonstrate to us. First of all, he came and he, he empathized with everyone. He didn't feel sorry for anyone. He empathized. He could feel it. He walked in this plane of existence. He felt everything. but they looked for the Messiah to come as something that he was not. Oh, he could have come as the only begotten son of God. And remember, and don't ever forget this. Never forget what I'm sharing with you. He could have called 10,000 angels. He could have called legions of the hosts of heaven to destroy the world and set him free. He did not. That was not the intention. The intention was that he came to die on the cross for me. From where he was standing, he looked at me and he said, I have to go die for him. I'm gonna go die for him. But not just at me, brothers and sisters, you can make this a personal relationship. You can say the same thing and it would not be untrue. It would not be untrue. He saw you. And when he looked down off that cross and he looked down into that group of Pharisees that were standing there, he saw each of us. He saw me. I was standing there. Are you ready to admit that you were there too? Perhaps not. He gives and he shares with us, which is most importantly, simply because he is Abba Yahweh, Father, maker of all things made. Hashim, Lord thy God. But please don't buy into the placating or the pandering of those that are trying to convince you that quote, unquote, you can do it. Yes, you can. And again, you're in control of your destiny. Well, no, not so. You have only that you can choose to either believe that Christ is our Savior or not. And if you go to John 3, 16 and 21, that's the choice that you have. You can either believe or not believe. You can either 
have faith in God, believe that Jesus did come and follow the Holy Spirit and be an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And you can be a, an ambassador for that very place, that very thing. I love being an ambassador. I love having a diplomatic visa. Or you could not. And just remember that these individuals that try to tell you and convince you that, oh, you can do this on your own. You, you're, you know, you self-made. There's so many self-made, self-made, self-made. What a bunch of hogwash. First of all, understand this, that there is no such thing as a self-made millionaire, billionaire. Tra and so many of these folks try to convince you that they are. And the reason I say there's no such thing is because somewhere along their walk in life, somewhere along the way, a janitor helped them with something, their parents helped them with something, a counselor helped them with something, a teacher helped them with something, or, or simply one of their friends helped them along the way somewhere. Maybe loaned them a dollar and they bought some kind of little thing. I, I can remember a story of a person who's a multimillionaire now, and I, I actually had an opportunity to meet with, uh, with the individual and started out when he borrowed $10 from a friend. He didn't have it, but he, he did that. And he started out, he bought some items and he started doing a... Uh, and then he picked out all the best and then he resold for more and then he bought more the next time and it just worked that way and he kept buying more and more and more and pretty soon he had warehouses, special warehouses filled with product and they were exclusive product that was ordered by exclusive restaurant holdings and they ordered exclusively from him and the things that he provided and then he started to branch and get specialty things that nobody else carried and they were only through him. And he started out on the tailgate of a pickup truck borrowing $10 from somebody else, a friend. Whether that friend was taken along for the ride, I don't know. I didn't learn that much of the history, but there are many people that were talking about him on, on how he was a self-made well, that's baloney. He wasn't self-made because that money that was loaned to him, if that money wasn't loaned to him, he would have had to go and borrow it from somebody else or may not have ever got the start that he did. But because that friend loaned that money to him, he was able to start. Somewhere along the way, somebody has helped the so-called self-maids and gave them a hand up from somebody. Stranger, teacher, parent, or a friend. Somebody gave him a hand up. And even the ones that come to mind about these, uh, and then they want to start talking about all this other stuff, and, and so many call themselves made. Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway, they're not. And here's the thing, too, that in, in that declaration... They're refusing to accept that our Heavenly Father is so gracious that everything that they have is His and warrants praise from Him or to Him. We should be thankful for what He has shared with us and given to us.
I'm going to share with you another writing from Paul to remind us of what I'm sharing with you now. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in heaven, that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. We're going to go back up here a moment when we talk about in verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all the saints that in the breadth, the length, and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth all knowledge. So what he's telling you is that you have in your mind that you understand that it's beyond the length, the depth, the height. It's so vast. There is no comprehension. And that the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, your finite man mind, your finite mind cannot comprehend it. So stop trying to figure it out because you can't. We're told that his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And there's nothing that we can do to be able to figure these things out. So stop it. Understand. Believe that he loves you and have faith in that. Because it's true. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you on my going out, my coming every day. Be blessed.